0: getting hitched there's a podcast for that and you're listening to it the save the date wedding podcast the number one podcast about all things wedding-y Save the Date Wedding Podcast listeners. I thank you so much for your patronage and support. It really means the world to me. I am Alicia McCormack, the host of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. I am guiding you through your wedding planning journey, wherever you are wherever you are in the world, wherever you may be in your wedding planning timeline. I know a lot of people have um, been sending me lovely emails saying that they found the podcast at number episode 70 and they've gone right back to episode one. And I absolutely encourage you to do that because I cover a shit ton of topics (laughs) said as the true elegant, eloquent professional that I am. If you don't know who I am, I'm a comedian and author, and uh, I love weddings. I love talking about weddings. I love exploring the topic of weddings, and I think there's actually a lot more uh, details surrounding weddings that aren't often talked about in wedding magazines and blogs. So that's what I like to do. Today's episode is actually a two-parter because when I started to plan the episode out, I realized this is a huge topic That I haven't really covered in detail and I think it is actually one of the most important areas when it comes to getting your, I was going to say getting your shit in gear. Again, not necessarily the best way to say it, getting organized, making sure things are going to work out the way that you want to on the day. I'm talking all about creating your wedding day timeline and this is not something that you should just be doing the night before the wedding. And I'm going to get to that because that's when a lot of people decide to go, oh, let's figure out how this is all going to work. And that is not the way to go. Trust me. This show idea actually came from an email from a lovely listener called Annie, who wrote to me recently and said, I'm just in the beginning phases of planning a summer wedding and I was drawing up a rough day of wedding timeline. I was listening to your interview with Josh Withers, And I'll just remind you, I'm just going to pause her her message here. Josh Withers is a wonderful Australian wedding celebrant or registrant. You might know him as, my American listeners. He is one of the most interesting people I've met in the wedding industry. He's very uh, passionate about helping you plan a wedding ceremony that's truly you. I'm giving him a free plug here because I love him. He's fab. Josh's episodes that he uh, was a part of for the Save the Date Wedding Podcast are number 51, which he was actually on with his lovely wife, Brit. They run a company called Pop-Up Weddings, where they plan fabulous weddings without the fuss and trouble of uh, planning a big, huge event. And also episode 29, which is where he talked about choosing your marriage celebrant, someone that's going to marry you, whether that's a religious person or a civil ceremony person. It's a really worth a listen if you haven't gone back and listened. So that is what lovely Annie is talking about. I shall continue with her letter. Uh, Josh was recalling an outdoor ceremony where it was like 38 degrees when it hit me that the intended 2 p.m. ceremony time that we'd planned was not going to work out. I live in California, so people would literally fry. That would be terrible. Since then, I've gone through a few more drafts, but it's been difficult trying to stuff everything into such a tight time frame. I was wondering if you have any tips about wedding timelines, particularly how long a photographer would need for each type of photography session, i.e. preparation, first look, couple session, bridal party session, etc. Oh, there's so much to talk about there. How would you allot enough time to take pictures with all your guests and then the rest of the day? Thank you again for making such a wonderful podcast and sharing it all with us, Alicia. Thank you so much, Annie. Um, Okay, Annie, so this is the thing. When you write those sort of wonderful emails to me, it gets my little brain grapes moving. <laughs> brain grapes is from 30 Rock. If you've not watched 30 Rock, it's amazing. But that's what uh, Tracy Morgan calls your brain, your brain grapes. And I think it's perfect. My brain grapes get all mushy and excited when you send me those sort of emails because I realize I've left a bit of a gap in the podcast and there's so much more to talk about. So thanks to Annie, today's episode and next Monday's episode are going to be all about planning that timeline, figuring out what you want to happen when and how you make that happen without going mental. Because without a wedding timeline... I'm going to be honest with you, this is when things get nasty and things don't go right and people get crazy because a wedding timeline keeps everything in order. People know where they need to be when and you can relax a little bit more. So where do we kick off? I think the big thing is in this episode, I'm going to be talking all about the ins and outs of making that plan and then Also giving you some practical shortcuts about how to make it work for you. Because every wedding, everyone that's listening is planning a very different day. So there has to be a degree of flexibility and a degree of creativity when it comes to this. So I would like you to listen to my advice and take it as all you, I'm sure you do already with all of my advice, with a grain of sand or salt or sugar. So the next episode, next Monday, I'm going to break down a typical, and no, and typical sounds a bit tacky, but what I would say is a wedding day that probably fits into the mold of what a lot of people are doing with having perhaps an afternoon slash evening wedding and uh, working through a timeline a faux timeline of a faux wedding to help you see how easy it is to schedule things, but also how much time you might need to give certain parts of the day to make it work. I'm all about being really organized, and that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be anally retentive or annoying. It just means to putting it down on a bit of paper and making sure it will actually work and not being unrealistic with time, because as we know, time... Is, is something that uh, we can't change. We can't fit 64 minutes into an hour because that's not physically possible unless you have a DeLorean and you're Marty McFly. We are not those people. If you are, contact me. I'd like to come on a time-traveling journey with you. Okay, so shall we? Cr- let's just crack on. Let's just start. Let's start from the beginning. A very good place to start. As well as planning a wedding and going about your very big business, I would like you this week for homework to tell someone, and this is not even about me and my podcast, but tell someone out there that you think would enjoy podcasts in general to perhaps give one a crack. There are so many wonderful podcasts out there, and I always listen to other podcasts and think, gee whiz, I've got friends that would really enjoy this that pro- probably aren't necessarily your natural podcast listeners. I think I've said before, my dad thinks that podcasts are like the radio, which they are, but you know, he's always like, What time's your podcast on? And I was like, Dad, it's not on at a specific time. You can download it and listen to it whenever you want. That's the beautiful thing. So, a bit of a homework assignment for you, introduce someone that you love or don't like, even maybe you're doing them a favor, a hate favor to podcasting this week. It would really help my me and my fellow podcasters out to spread the word of how amazing podcasting is. Because honestly, you go to iTunes and there is a bloody podcast for everyone with all sorts of interests. Okie dokie. So this episode, as I said, is all about planning a wedding timeline. And I really want to get home, kick it home about how important it is to get this decision made early, especially when it comes to figuring out your budget. What does she mean by that? Well, here it is. Your wedding timeline actually starts You start making the wedding timeline basically the day that you pick a venue, that you find a wedding celebrant. You really need to have this all sorted out loosely. I'm not talking about crazy, you know, down to the last minute. But when you are booking a wedding venue, you're going to be deciding if you're going to have a a morning, a lunchtime or an evening wedding. Perhaps your wedding's going over a couple of days which is going to be interesting for me talking about next episode. But it's really important for you to know what you want about your vibe and what sort of wedding you're planning when you're booking the wedding venue, because that's when the decision's going to be made as to how it's all going to happen beforehand. So the first thing I want to say is think about when you actually want that wedding to happen If you want sunset photos, then you're going to have to think about how you're gonna make that happen. Are you going to be getting married at three PM? But you would know if you live in the Northern Hemisphere during the summer that often the well, especially in the UK, the sun doesn't go down till bloody ten o'clock. So if you want a sunset photo, you're gonna have to have that photo taken at the end of the night when you're probably sloshed and your makeup's all running and you look a bit perhaps not as great as you did at 12 p.m. midday. So these are the things that having a wedding timeline very early on will help you decide so you don't miss out on magic moments and also you don't forget things. Weddings, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burst your bubble here. Weddings, as you probably already know, are quite tiring. Planning a wedding can perhaps be a little stressful. I always say hopefully it's not because you're listening to this podcast. You are thinking ahead not getting stressed. You are doing all of the work spreading out over a period of months. You're not going feral, trying to get everything done in the last six minutes. And if you're planning a wedding in a hurry, then I hope you've listened to my episode with the wonderful Carly Kiker, who is an author who wrote a book called Hitched in a Hurry, which I do believe was episode 22. And she talks all about how to get things done quickly. But also I do remember her talking very much about wedding timelines in her episode as well, because you've got such little time to get it all done. There it is. So it's very important that uh, you think very much ahead of time. You don't want mistimed things to get in the way of you having a really nice time. So I would like you to think a little bit about your energy and a bit about your expectations of how you're going to fit things in especially the week of your wedding. Now, I don't know your life events. Perhaps you're working right up to your wedding day. A lot of people do. I worked up until two days before our wedding because I had to, because we have to make money and that's life. (laughs) Some people have these wonderful, luxurious week of wedding holidays and good luck to you. If you've planned that in and you can make that work financially for you and you can leave the office or wherever you work and have that happen, fabulous. Enjoy yourself, relax. But I think it's probably realistic that some people have a couple of days off before their wedding and they then try and cram a lot of stuff in for two or three days prior to the wedding and get really tired. So I want you to think a little bit about the activities prior to the wedding and your expectations of your own energy and looking after yourself, because often we get really excited and get a lot of adrenaline and a lot of whew, those pent up feelings of, of seeing family and friends arrive before the wedding trying to cram in lots of, of social activities and, and going and running around and maybe getting your nails done and having last minute sort of panics. And that can be really draining. Think about a time when you've had a lot of adrenaline. And I can sort of say to you, when I do stand up, I find it is something that I get this big peak of nervousness and adrenaline and energy. And then after the show's done, I always get a crash afterwards. I get this sort of real exhaustion. And that's your body. Adrenaline is one of these things that it kicks in, it does its job. And then after it's done, it all leaves and it leaves you tired and sleepy and exhausted. So I would like you to think about how you handle pressure and stress. And I'm sure you've had a situation in the past where you felt that high And you have been riding on that wonderful energy that that your body creates. But think about the down times afterwards. So I'm saying this in thinking about the days before your wedding and what you're going to try and do before your wedding to make it all work so that when you get to your wedding day, you've got good energy, you feel like you're ready to go, and you're not hitting some sort of slump. (laughs) And needing 12 cups of coffee just to get through the day. So my wedding timeline suggestions start two or three days before the wedding. And all I ask you to do is be be mindful and careful of how you allocate your time prior to the wedding day. If you are having a rehearsal dinner, for example, which is something I think is much more popular in the US than probably any of my other wedding planning countries that listen to the show... Uh, make sure that you're not planning that rehearsal dinner to finish at midnight or 1am before your wedding day. Now, that might seem like a great night to do it. Fine. If you can bump it to the night before the night before, I think that's a better idea. You get your precious sleep. You get to have the time with your friends and family if they're in town. Usually, rehearsal dinner is a smaller group of people. It's not everyone that's coming to your wedding. And you get to have a bit of chill out because Often people go to the rehearsal dinner and get really excited, a little boozed up, which is totally cool, but you don't want to be hung over on your wedding day. I mean, a lot of guys I know talk to you say, yeah, I had like seven beers, felt like shit the next day. You don't want that. You want to feel fresh and vibrant. Boys and girls, you want to feel like you are ready to roll, having a really long celebration day and not feeling like you need 12 Panadols. Don't take 12. That's really bad. So this is the first step in planning the wedding timeline. I want you to step back a couple of days and think about how you're going to allocate your time prior to the big day. Weddings, weddings are expensive. We talk about this a lot. Wedding in wedding world, time really is money. And (laughs) when I say this, I'm talking about tardiness As we would say very properly, I'm talking about being late. I'm talking about not sticking to the schedule or schedule uh, that I'm about to talk about. This is my bit of a a bit of an angry mum talk here. That I want you to think about, you know, this idea that some brides go, oh it's fun, I was late to the late to the ceremony. Oh. And I don't think that's really that cool because Every minute that you're late or not working to the schedule, and I'm not saying this has to be down to the last minute, I'm talking about these ladies that choose to be, not choose, somehow get themselves into the situation where they are one hour or one and a half hours or even two hours late for their own wedding. Every minute that you don't stick to a rough timeline is your money just disappearing. Because when you think about your allocation of funds and you think about your allocation of time, you are paying a venue, you're paying perhaps, uh, your wedding planner, a caterer, you've got, if you've got pr- price per head alcohol, that's an hour of alcohol that your guests aren't consuming. It's empty money. So, one of the big aspects of planning a timeline is also getting the biggest bang for your buck. This is making sure that your money is not being wasted. I don't even care if you're planning a $500,000 wedding. You want to make sure that you get as much value as possible from your budget, no matter how big or how small it is. So I ask you about this sort of little fun thing where people go, oh, it's it's fun being a bit late and making my groom suffer a little bit. Sure. That's not really my bag, but also I'd like you to think about the consequences, putting my special voice on, of the lateness. That is that. I have a small confession to make. (sighs) I was a bit late on our wedding day, and this is silly. This is really silly, and I'll tell you why. Because we got married on a property that had a main house, which is where we had our wedding ceremony and then the reception, and there was a small, beautiful Um, it's called, it's not a granny flat, but it was a small separate house that was built for the original occupants of the home's mother, which was probably, I don't know, 800 meters down a road, which was a good place to put the mother-in-law. Can I just say, if you're going to build a separate house, chuck her down the road, down in the bush. Um, <laughs> so we all got my, my bridal party and my other friends all came along and we got prepared. We were prepared in this other small house and all we had to do was have someone call a mobile phone of one of the groomsmen and say, you know, get ready to go. There was some miscommunication on my wedding day and we were waiting and they were waiting and my guests were waiting and I was late, even though I was ready. I was just waiting for the queue. So here is, this is my introduction. It's my confession to you to say that if I had had my own advice given to me, I would have been a lot more careful with communication on the day so I didn't leave Rich standing there. And also it's winter. We got married outside in the winter. So all of my guests, our guests were freezing their asses off, standing in a lovely courtyard, waiting for me, even though I was ready, just down the road. We were dickheads. Let's just say that. I'll take the blame for that. I wrote Rich when I was planning this this <laughs> episode yesterday. I texted him going, oh, I've just felt another pang of guilt. Not that he's ever made me feel guilty about this for making you wait. And he wrote back going, don't be an idiot. Don't worry about it. It was three years ago. Move on. So that's why I love him. He's a wonderful man. So in, uh, <laughs> I just had to really confess that to you, my bad communication and my lack of of skills in this area at that time caused us to make our guests stand in the cold, make Rich stand there on his own. I was going to say like a spare dick at a wedding and he literally was so that's my confession to you. I have actually been to weddings where the bride has been late and it's been really annoying. I don't know if you've been a guest where you've been told to turn up at a certain time and then shit does not get started and you're like, listen, I'm standing in heels. I'm wearing potentially an uncomfortable piece of clothing. I would just like to get a glass of champagne in my hand. Let's get this party started. Why are we waiting here? You don't want your guests to feel shitty and resentful Prior to your wedding, and yes, we all have a level of understanding. Things don't necessarily have to go exactly to plan. But if you tell people to turn up at 1.30 for for two p.m. Uh, ceremony, and this thing doesn't kick off till three o'clock, well, you just—it's really disrespectful. That's it. So, you might be you might be six months out from your wedding day, but I would like you to start thinking about your timeline now, and this is why. If you're working on wedding invitations, as I said, you will have to come up with a well, you'll have to come up with a wedding venue where you're going to actually be married and communicate that to that venue. Often churches and often a number of private venues will have multiple weddings happening on the day. I always think it's nice to just ask them if that's happening. And honestly, I've been to weddings where other weddings have been happening and you don't see it because that's why you know they're making their venue they're making their venues work for them they're making their businesses work for them but they keep them separately it's not going to be a problem but it's just good to know what's happening now one thing to be just very mindful of if you have a wedding planner i don't want you to listen to this episode and go oh alicia the wedding planning is going to do it all for me I don't have to worry about this. You do, because it's important for you to understand what is happening on the wedding day and also for you to be in control and for you to be able to communicate with that wedding planning genius to make sure things happen when you want them to happen. Knowledge is power, my friends. And also, if a wedding planner is coming in saying, oh no, I'll just sort it all out. I find with wedding planners, and I've spoken to quite a few in this podcast, I'm sure you've heard, they... I really appreciate you being in control and you telling them exactly what you want. So I always advise, I always sort of say to people go in with your wedding planner knowing the timeline, the rough timeline that you would like to achieve and they will be able to tell you especially if they have an affiliation with the wedding venue that you are working with, what works, what is good for you and making that work for your specific wedding venue. So I and very much advise you especially when it comes to the wedding re- wedding ceremony time excuse me is you think a little bit about what time works for you what time then you are going to be putting on the wedding invitation now i say this because people are always going to be late and other people are going to be really really early we've all got a relative that turns up 45 minutes before and that's cool but if there is another wedding happening Or if the venue isn't ready for your guests to be arriving that early, that can be annoying. So I think part of the big thing is communicating with the venue about what time you should actually put on the invitation. And I always sort of say, cheat it by half an hour or 20 minutes maybe 15. Let's not go crazy. People will generally get there early. There will always be someone that's late, that's missed a bus, that can't get a cab or whatever. And they will hopefully discreetly sit down and you will never notice. And later on they'll go, I missed your whole wedding ceremony, but it's fine. I've had a good time. So you can always put money on the fact that there will be the two extremes there, but make sure when you are working out your timeline, and this is months in advance before you do the wedding invitation, you think very clearly about what time you would actually like people to arrive and then cheat it a little bit as to when you are going to arrive and the ceremony will be starting. Now, I don't know if you know this, I work in television. I work in TV production. I've had a long career in TV. And one thing we do in television is we call, well, we create this thing called a call sheet and a call sheet is something, well, call sheets in TV are king. No matter what TV show you work on, you always have a call sheet to tell us where to be and when. Now, this happens whether you're on TV, as I have been, and behind the cameras, as I've also been. And it is one of these documents that is absolutely gold to make the television show work. A call sheet contains all the vital information that you need to make sure everyone is in the right place at the right time. It's also one of these fabulous documents that is prepared by the television industry, a production coordinator, who's basically someone who is paid to be organized and organize everyone else to make sure we've got the right amount of money, to make sure we know where the, the nearest hospital is if shit goes down, to make sure... That the contributor or the guest or the talent knows where to be, if a cab's going to pick them up, when they're going to drop them off, to have all the contact names and numbers. So if anyone gets lost, like a little lost lamb on the day, they can go back to this call sheet and actually say, okay, I know at 5pm I'm supposed to be here, here's the phone number of the person to call if I'm lost, or here's my phone number if someone can't find me that they can contact me. I think the call sheet is actually something that we can happily use in a wedding planning environment to make sure that things get done when they're supposed to be done. And I know a lot of wedding planners use a very similar system and you can actually just Google TV call sheet. And to be honest, I I can put a couple of links on the website, um, savethedatepodcast.com. You'll see I do all my show notes there of some documents, some templates that you can use and remove some of the bullshitty TV stuff. But also it's it's a great template to use to then input all of your vital details. And when I say this, I mean the phone numbers of your bridesmaids and groomsmen, just in case you need to get in touch with them. Not necessarily you, but other people involved in the wedding. If we're, if you're using a wedding planner, this is something they will be out doing for you. They will be preparing this weeks in advance so they know that they have all the information of all the people involved in the day. But if you are self-planning, this is something that you should start doing quite early on, creating this master document that has all the information in one place. On the day, if something doesn't happen, if the cake doesn't turn up or you've got a problem, you don't want to have to be dealing with it. You want to be able to have this piece of this call sheet, this piece of document, this piece of documentation to hand off to someone else. So if something doesn't happen, They haven't got to come back to you and go, excuse me, Fiona, can you please go through your emails and try and find the appropriate number to call because the cake hasn't arrived? You don't want to hear that shit. You don't have anything to do with that. So by creating this master document with all of the details and the timeline, which we're going to get to next episode, on it, then whoever is dealing with the potential issues, sagas, dramas that you won't ever know about that may occur on your wedding day It is all in one place. They're never going to have to bother you. So yes, it's potentially boring to create a document like this, but it is really important and I can't tell you how much I rely on a call sheet in my everyday work in TV and all of my colleagues would say exactly the same thing. Call sheet is king. So when it comes to planning your wedding day timeline, I ask you to be organized, but also to be flexible. Things aren't going to happen the exact minute. And I said this, I think in the intro, my written intro for this show, that being organized is the key to ditching the bridezilla and becoming a bride The more organized you are and chilled about it, the less chance that you become a psycho bitch or male bitch, himbo bitch, whatever, and actually feel like you're in control of it because you know things are going to happen. Again, you got your big document, you know when stuff's going to go down, you can relax. The thing about the wedding day, and we'll I will talk more about this next episode, is I just want you to realize and not underestimate how quickly Your wedding day is going to pass. I know everyone's probably said this to you already that's been married going, it just goes so quickly. I don't even remember the morning and that might be because I was really drunk. I don't know. It does go quickly. Stuff passes by. I want you to be able to enjoy the day, to take it all in, to not be stressed and to feel like you can really enjoy each moment. Enjoy the getting ready, enjoy the photography, enjoy being with your family and friends if that's what you want to do, or enjoy being in a Superman fortress of solitude if that's what you want to do. So the first question I have for you is to really ask what sort of vibe you want to have on your wedding day and really incorporate that into your plan. If you want a quiet morning where you just get up and have breakfast and, and make sure that you aren't being bothered by heaps of people then schedule that in make sure people know you just want your your mum or your best friend or your bridal party in a hotel room with you or you want to get ready at home alone or you want a big huge party with 25 people and drinking and noise and music You really need to set the scene and you need to take control of that quite early on to make sure that your expectations are met on the day and people are aware of what you would like done. The vibe. I'm talking about the vibe of the morning. I'm talking about how you want the day to play out. And the more organized you are now, again, you'll be more relaxed on the day. So next episode is going to be, as I said, almost like working through a hypothetical wedding day. I'm going to talk lots about how you go about scheduling things in with contingency times. That's the magic word. I hope you have a contingency. As I say in the Guide to Getting Hitched, my my book that I give away on savethedatepodcast.com, the Guide to Getting Hitched, I talk a lot about contingency in the budget, putting 10% of your money aside for all these sort of niggly, annoying little expenses that might come and bite you in the body while you're wedding planning. I also agree with the idea that you should have contingency times added into your wedding planning day. And so I'm going to go a lot into how that you can add little buffers, time buffers into your wedding day. So if things do do take longer, For example, if a hairstyle that you have are having done on the day doesn't look right, if you're not happy with it, that you'll then be able to say, Hey, we've got an extra twenty minutes, could you please do the hair again? I've got a story about that, I will tell you next episode. It's really important that you have enough time to get everything you want done without getting stressed and without feeling obliged to rush through things because you're sticking to a plan. So again, The takeaways from this episode I would really love you to think about before next Monday is, have you got a rough outline of what you want to achieve on your wedding day? If you are working with a wedding planner, I suggest you send them an email today and say, could you send me a rough outline or a template that you have used for other weddings so I can maybe look through it, get an idea of how this might work. Especially if you're working with a wedding coordinator at a wedding venue where they have organized multiple weddings at that venue, it's great to just say, hey, could I please see um, someone else's rundown just so I can get an idea of how they've run their day at your venue. I would be... 99% sure that most wedding planners would be happy to give you this information in advance because it helps them. It makes their day easier if you can look through someone else's plan and decide what you would like to change. And also it saves you time. In conclusion, my lovely, lovely, lovely friends, I would like you, homework, as I said, is to think about your plan. Think about what your expectations are of your wedding day. If you want to have a chilled day. As you all would, I'm sure, make sure that you incorporate the time to chill into your timeline. You gots to have the time to chill. You really do. I didn't have any time to chill on my wedding, and that's probably the one thing that I would change. I did have a good time running around like a lunatic setting things up right until probably an hour and a half before the wedding. And it was great fun. And that was the sort of vibe we had at the wedding. It was DIY, hands on deck, all hands on deck, let's get stuff done. But it would have been a very different situation had we been at a hotel or some other sort of venue. So we adapt. We make it work for what we want it to be. But it is important that you take control now and, and really think about what you want to do on your wedding day and certainly not do it the week before. This is very important. Hit it now. Make a little list of notes. And also, while you've got a little plan of things to do this week, you should definitely subscribe to this wedding podcast. Whether you are an Android or iTunes listener, both options, it's very easy to subscribe. If you are in, let me just talk you through this very quickly. If you are in the app in iTunes and you are downloading my shows, all you need to do is click settings, and when you click through settings in my show page in iTunes, it says subscribe. Swipe right, it turns green, and that means that all of the episodes that I produce from now on will be automatically downloaded to your iPhone. Same Z's for. Acast app, which is uh, Android and iTunes. It's an it's a it's a podcasting application that you can download for free. I love it. Also, this Stitcher. Lots of opportunities there. If you're listening via your PC or desktop, may I suggest that we take our relationship a little further and you listen to me on your device. And then you can take me anywhere. I'm like a little pocket of ray of sunshine. Okay, until Thursday, the Q&A episode, and then next Monday where we will continue this wonderful conversation, I wish you happy wedding planning and happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.